Good morning. How are you all doing today? I just made my way back from Clearwater area this morning, so I left really early so I can be here, went over there to spend some time with a family, but of course my heart here is to be with this family, so I'm glad to be here and be able to share God's word with you. If you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Allen, and uh, this morning I'm going to be taking you through God's word as we study, uh, as we normally do, uh, verse by verse through the Bible. We uh, find it uh, very important to uh, take the whole word of God. So we, we start in Genesis and we finish in Revelation. So right now we are uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We started 1 Corinthians last week and we didn't make it too far. So we are still in chapter 1 this morning. Uh, if you're here and you need a Bible, if you raise your hand, someone will get you a Bible uh, that you may follow along. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we come, Lord, giving you thanks for your word. Lord, we are able to study your word and to know who you are by your word. And Lord, I know that for each person here, we all have different challenges in life. We have different things that we're facing. But Lord, we can all come to this one place and to this one book that you have given us. That we may find the answers to, to life that we may find hope, that we may find comfort and peace. Lord, that we may know and understand how great a love you have for us. So, Lord, we are here, and we're listening. So, Lord, speak to us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last Sunday, we opened this book, and we covered what uh, Paul thought it was an important subject to address in the Corinthian church. And he talked about division in the church and how bad it is. And I actually titled that message, Divided We Fail. As a church, not just this body, but the church universally, that as we separate and divide and fight over different doctrines, that is actually bad for the health of the church and even prevents us from fulfilling the great commission of Jesus Christ. So, Paul, if you remember, and I'm just going to pick back up from verse 10 just to get us back up to speed. He said, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment for it has been declared to me concerning you by brethren, by those of Cleo's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you say, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were, there, were you baptized in the name of Paul? So Paul, again, we... we covered this last week, don't want to get too much into it, uh, but he is talking about, you know, the, the division caused by doctrine and, and division caused, caused by, well, who do I follow? You know, I follow Paul, I follow Peter, I follow, you know, Apollos, and some even say, well, I only follow Christ. Even in that statement is a, 
a, a separation. It's, it's, I am better than all of you because you follow a man, you know. And Paul is warning against that. But he mentioned in this uh, baptism. And baptism is one of those subjects in the church, one of those doctrines that causes so much division and, and separation. You know, one guy that actually attended this church for a little bit, he actually was confronting me on this subject about baptism, how important it is to, uh, well, in his opinion, it was necessary for salvation, that in order for you to be saved, you have to be baptized. And he actually went on for a little further and said, and, and when you baptize, you need to baptize in Jesus' name only, not in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he really insisted that I follow those things that he was mentioning, and, and when I didn't, he, he actually left. And so we have to ask a question again, what is baptism? Well, baptism, if you're taking note, you might want to write down these four things, is a matter of obedience. Uh, it's the first act of obedience. The Lord Jesus said, go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing. And when he says that we are to baptize, well, we are to be baptized. If you are professing to be a Christian, it's something that you should do is very important. And I'll tell you why it's important, because if you're not going to be obedient in the very first command that he gives us as believers, then why, why would you want to obey him when he says to, uh, to you to do the hard things? To stay in a job that's very hard to be in. To stay in a marriage that's very difficult. To, to train up your children. When, when he asks you to do those things, why would you want to be obedient to him? You see, when I got saved, it took several years because I grew up in a church that I was baptized as a baby. It didn't mean anything. I didn't even know I was until later on. But when I got older and I got saved, it was several years, I struggled with the, the, uh, the decision to be baptized. And when I finally did, listen, it made the biggest difference in my life. Because then I said, you know what, Lord? I, I, I want to be obedient to you. I want to follow you. The second thing that baptism is, is for, it's, it's a matter of declaration. A matter of declaration. Again, Peter in his epistles, he wrote that it is, baptism, a pledge of a good conscience. A pledge of a good conscience. It's, it's an outward sign of an inward change. In other words, when God comes into your life, he begins to change you immediately. And what you are doing when you are baptized, you're basically uh, declaring, I am God's. He is mine and I am his. And I want everyone to know this. It's kind of like I used this illustration in the past. You tell uh, your potential bride-to-be, oh, I love you. You do? Well, meet me in the front by the altar. Well, I don't love you that much. Well, why are you afraid? Why are you ashamed? No, it's a public declaration. I love the Lord and I am his. It's a number three. It's a matter of devotion. You see, Lord, I want to follow you. I, I, in, in light of what you have done for me, do you know what the Lord has done for us? That he laid down his life. The Bible said there's no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. The Lord Jesus laid down his life for you. And, 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 and as a result, Lord, I love you. I want to be committed to you. I want to be devoted to you. And then number four, it's a matter of identity. You see, when we are baptized we are identifying with the 
death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As Jesus died on the cross, was buried in the grave, and was raised, so too we are identifying in that, that one day we know, even though we die in this world, that we will be resurrected as Christ was resurrected. So that, that's baptism in a nutshell. But the question still remains, well, is it necessary for salvation? Do you need to be baptized to make it to heaven? Well, if you consider... Look with me in verse 14. Paul says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, lest anyone should say that I have baptized my, in my own name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to do what? To preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. You see, Paul said, Christ did not send me to baptize. Now, if, if baptism was so important, if it was necessary for salvation, I think Paul's message here would be a little different. His message would have been, man, you have to be baptized. If you don't get baptized, you're not going to heaven. No, Paul couldn't even name all of the people he baptized. I think I baptized so-and-so. Listen, if Paul is saying, if anyone is adding anything to the, to, to the message of the cross, it empties the cross of its power. Do you hear the heart of what Paul is saying? Basically, he's saying, I don't want anything to distract or to, to, to make, make people think differently about the gospel, the message of the cross. Listen to what he says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. He says, For by grace you have been saved, not by works. Lest, uh, not by works, but uh, lest anyone should boast. It's by grace. If you're looking for a formula for salvation, it's grace plus faith. And not faith in how, how you can muster up faith, how you can do it. It's faith in what Jesus has done on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, before he died, you know what his last word said? It is finished. What is finished? His work. The, the requirements for salvation have been paid. It has been paid in full. And you and I, we can receive this salvation, this gift that God gives us through his son. So people believe baptism is part of salvation, I believe, because of some of the statements made in the Bible. If you remember John the Baptist, when he showed up, what did he say? He said, repent and be baptized. And when Jesus showed up on the scene and he began his public ministry, that was his first word, repent and be baptized. And, of course, the apostles also said that. But because of those words, people put the two together and say, yes, it is required. But take note, if you remember, when Jesus was on the cross, he was buried, he was uh, on the cross, hanging between two thieves, one on his left and one on his right. And the, one of the thieves said to Jesus, oh, you, you know, if you are so great, then you need to make, you know, save yourself and save us. And then the other thief turned to Jesus and, and, and you know, confessed Jesus as, as the son of God. And, and what happened? Jesus said, today. Today you will be with me in paradise. Let me ask, did that guy get off that cross and go and be baptized? No. It, it would have been something if Jesus said, man, I see your great faith, but 
Oh, I'm sorry, man. You're going to miss it. You can't, get, you can't get off the cross. Can't be baptized. So, sorry. You will not be with me in paradise. No, Jesus said today. That's one example. And some people will say, well, that was before the cross. Well, what about after the cross? Well, if you remember Peter, the apostle, uh, he, was, he received a vision in, in um, Acts chapter 10. And the vision, the Lord told him to go and speak to an unbeliever uh, named Cornelius. He was a Roman soldier. And, and, and Peter went and he was obedient. And as he was preaching to this man and his whole family, the Bible tells us, as he was preaching in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all the, who heard the words. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as come with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had, come upon, uh, had poured out on the Gentiles also. And they heard them speak with tongues and, and, and mighty... Uh, Tongues and mighty God. And then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that they should not be baptized who receive the Holy Spirit uh, who have come? And so what, what you see there is while Peter was preaching, Peter was preaching passionately, and while he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who was hearing the word. When did they get saved? Listen, the moment they believed and trust the Lord. The moment they believed, God sent his Holy Spirit upon them and in them. And we know that the Bible tells us that we cannot, you know, go to heaven without that deposit, the Holy Spirit in us. So that moment they received the Holy Spirit, they were saved. And Peter turned to the rest of the, his, his friends and said, well, we can't deny them baptism. Again, baptism wasn't after the fact. They were already saved at that moment. Now, I say all of this and... Even in light of that, even in light of what I just shared, people will still say, well, I still think it's, it's required. I still think it's necessary. Well, I encourage people to be baptized. But is it necessary? Well, you see, even though we have this, as I share this, I know people will still say, I disagree with you. But listen to what Paul is saying in this section of Scripture. He's saying, please, 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 don't even let that be a, a reason why you divide. Don't let that be a reason because why? I want nothing to take away from the message of the cross because why? Well, look with me in verse 18. He says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is what? The power of God. The message of the cross is the power of God. You see, on the cross, the message of, of Christ on the cross, it declares to all mankind that we are sinners. The message on the cross, well, it, it reveals, to, to, uh, the, reveals to man God's provision for sinful man. But it also, it invites us to accept God, God's plan of salvation. So it, it, that's the message in, in a nutshell of the cross, but... To the unbeliever, to those who are not being saved, who reject it, they scoff at it. You see, the unbeliever will say, you know what, I don't need a savior. I'm good, I'm a good person, I don't need a savior, I can save myself. I, I, I don't need, you know, Jesus, this 
guy who died on the cross. I don't need him, they will say. They scoff at him. And the reason why people do that is because, again, they think that there's some, some you know, they know more than God. That they're, they're more powerful and more wiser than God. So I don't need him. You know, some of you might have heard of this, this guy, this captain of this battleship. And while he was out at sea, the waters were, you know, getting rough. The, you know, storms were in, 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 uh, getting around. And so, you know, as he was charting the, the water, uh, he saw a light, you know, up ahead. And as he saw the light, you know, he's in this big battleship and he's thinking, man, this is another boat that's coming my way. They need to move. So he flashed his light telling them, you know, this is the battleship. You know, you need to move over, you know, 20 degrees to the right. And as he flashed his light, that light that he saw, it flashed and said, no, you need to move 20 degrees to the left. So he was, you know, indignant, and he's like, I'm the captain here. How dare him? So he responded, I'm the captain of this battleship. Move 20 degrees to the right. And the light uh, flashed again, and it says, I'm a second-class seaman. You need to move 20 degrees to the left. And he was like, you know, really fuming. He said, don't you know you need to move? I am the captain, you know. And the light flashed again and says, I'm a lighthouse. <laughs> you need to move. You see, he was arguing. He was, you know, thinking that he's so great because he's some captain of some great battleship. But if he continued on that route, he would have crashed into the rocks that's ahead that this guy was trying to say, you need to move. And that is what the cross is saying. Listen, if you continue in your sinful path, you're going to crash. But yet people will still say, you know what? I'm the captain of my ship. No one tells me where to turn. Well, guess what? You're going to crash. And that's what the Lord is trying to convey to humankind, to mankind, that if you continue, you're going to die in your sin. See, it's foolishness, the Bible says, to those who are lost, who are perishing. But in verse 18, again, he says, but it is the power of God for those who are being saved. The cross saves us, if you're taking note, from four things. It, it, it saves us from the power of sin. Do you know that sin has dominion or power over anyone who is not of Christ? You're in bondage to sin, the Bible teaches us. If, if, if you have to do something, if you say, I have to do this, then get, that means that you are in bondage to it. You see, before I became a believer, I had to sin. I remember, I remember telling my friend, I have to go here, I have to do this. And I have to, and what I was really saying, I'm in bondage. When you see people say, I have to get a drink, I have to get some coffee, you know, they're in bondage. Some of you don't like to hear that. But the power of the cross frees us from being in bondage to anything. It also saves us from the penalty of sin. The Bible tells us that the that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Ten out of ten people will die. Everyone will face death because of sin. Now, the Bible tells us there's two deaths. There's the first death, the physical death that you and I will face if the Lord doesn't return and take us up with him. But then the Bible describes what is called a second death. 
And the second death, yes, after this life, this life, that doesn't mean life is over. You're going to face the judgment, which is Christ. He's going to judge you according to your work. And if you have not received him in this life, while there's still time, there's going to be the second death, which the Bible describes as being put into hell for all eternity, where you're going to be tortured. But if you are in Christ, again, it saves us from the penalty of sin, which is death. It saves us. We're going to live for all eternity with Christ and how glorious that will be. But also, thirdly, it will save us from the pain of sin. Do you know how painful sin can be? Sin causes so much pain. Open the newspaper, turn on the the evening news, and what you will hear is not good news, you'll hear bad news. Oh, in this school, they have shootings. In this place, they have this death. There's just bad news all over. Listen, it's the pain of sin. You know, a couple years ago, November, actually, back two years ago now, I think, three years. My goodness, time is flying. But my mom passed away in November. Her birthday was on November 5th, and she died shortly after. Um, But I remember, again, being at, at her funeral... And as her casket was, was in front of the church, and I was there, and my brother was there with me, and I put my arm around his shoulder because why he was weeping. He was crying, but I, on the other end, I'm like, that's not mom. And I have a smile on my face. What's wrong with you? Listen, I'm not experiencing the pain of sin. Why? Because I know Christ, and I know my mom knows Christ. I know where she is. And so as far as the pain of sin, God takes that away through the cross of Christ. You see, some of you might might have lost a loved one. And I don't know, you you may know where where they they are and, and hopefully they're with Christ. But listen, from this point on, live for Christ, surrender to him. And the pain of death, the pain of sin will be no more. He will take it away. He will... Turn your mourning into laughter and into joy. He does that. And then lastly, it saves us from the presence of sin. In in heaven, when God returns, we'll be in his presence. And in his presence, there's no darkness at all, no sin. And so, therefore, we will not have to deal with sin again. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priest of the holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should shew forth the praises of him who had called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. The light, the marvelous light is Jesus Christ. In him there is no sin, there is no darkness. And no more, the Bible says, we'll have to deal with pain of suffering and, and, and all that comes uh, along with, with sin. Now Paul goes on in verse 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Now the prudent is people who are considered or who, who are concerned with future things. And, and Paul is saying, God will destroy the wisdom of the wise and, and he will bring to nothing those who are considering the future apart from Christ. You see, the message of the cross answers man's biggest questions. What is the biggest questions that we face, the biggest challenges we face? Well, it's, it's how do we stop sinning? Isn't that what our government is spending so much 
millions and billions of dollars trying to stop or make peace in this world. They're trying to, and, and of course, we don't have peace because of sin. And they're trying to just throw money at it to stop it. It's not. And the next question that we have is, how do we stop death? Again, no one in this world have an answer to that except the cross. People want to know what, what will happen when we die. Only through the cross that has the answer. You see, God did not make it so that only the intelligent or the rich or the mighty or the, 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 the most influential people in this world. He didn't make it so that only they can have the answer to it. Instead, what he does, he makes it so, so simple. The gospel of Jesus Christ is so simple that even a child can grasp it. You know, there's a, a guy who is considered one of the most brilliant, uh, you know, atheists alive, that he is, you know, champion, and that there is no God, and, and God is not the answer. And, and, and everyone that's against God, they're looking up to this guy. And you know what his answer is about how life came about in this world? He said, we were seated by aliens. Seated by aliens. Yes, aliens came and put a cell on the earth, and out of that it evolved into you and I. And listen, this is the, one of the greatest thinkers on this, on the, in this world. And yet they look at that and say, oh, brilliant. No, foolish, the Bible will say. God made it so simple, not so that the men like him can say, oh, well, I have the answer. No, he makes it so simple that a child could grasp it. And I love the other day uh, when we had the, Hall ha the Halloween outreach here, that as I walked through the parking lot, I, I looked at Naomi and, and KK as they shared the gospel, young children able to share the gospel with, with people that come to their cars for some candy. He makes it so simple. God did not make it hard. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, 21, verse 16, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have per, uh, uh, perfected praise. Out of the mouth of babes. You see, you don't have to be, uh, have some degree or anything. Man, just simply know this one verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anyone can remember it. Anyone can recite it. You don't have to go to, the, to seminary to learn that. He goes on in verse 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribes? Where is the disputers of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? You see, none of the wise men of this world have the answer to sin and death. You see, the scientists, uh, and not all scientists, let me add that but the scientists in general they're looking towards biology you know understanding the body the physical makeup and saying we will find an answer to sin and death but there is no answer from them the philosophers of this world they're looking to the mind if we can just understand the mind and unlock it maybe we can find the answer to sin and death but they're not given any answers the religions of this world they look to the soul and say if we can just get the soul to be good, then we will be able to con conquer sin and death. But listen, all of the religions of the world, their best effort still does not bring the answer. The only answer to sin and death is the cross. The only answer, you see, religion cannot stop man from sinning. And again, science cannot stop man from dying. 
and philosophy cannot stop man from being evil. So verse 21, Paul said, for sins by, excuse me, for sins in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. You see, the message of the cross provides the only way for us to know God. The only way. You cannot know God apart from the cross. Some people say, well, that's a narrow way to think. Yes, Jesus said it. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That, that question, that statement is absolutely true or it's absolutely false. You can't say, well, Muhammad is the way. You can't say Islam is the way. You can't say Buddha is the way. If Jesus is saying, I'm the only way to know the Father, he's, absolutely, he's actually saying a true statement or he is absolutely false. As has been said that Jesus is either a, 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 a liar, a lunatic, or he's Lord. If you can't take him from that one word, then we can't take him for any word. And Jesus said, I am the only way to the Father. So verse 22, for the Jews request a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. You see, some people say, if God would show me a sign, then I will believe. If you open up heaven and, and, and show me his face, then I will believe. If you show me a miracle, show me a miracle, God, then I will believe. Understand this, if you're looking for miracles, that's not going to make you a believer. When, when Jesus walked the earth, John, in the last chapter of John, John said, if I were to write all of the things that Jesus did, all of the miracles, there would not be enough pages to write down the miracles. But yet, what did happen at the end of Jesus' life? They crucified him. He showed them all kinds of miracles. He did all kinds of signs among them, and they still did not believe. But yet we believe, well, if you just show me one miracle, then I'll believe. No, you won't. You know why? Because God does not want us to come to him based on miracle. He wants us to come to him based on faith. Do you believe what Jesus did on the cross, that he died for your sins? Believe. And when you believe that, your eyes will be open to, wow, he's going to reveal himself to you in a way that, well, in no other way that you will be able to know him. Matter of fact, when Jesus was among the people, they said, Jesus, show us a sign. He, was ju he just finished doing a whole lot of miracles. They said, show us a sign so we can believe. He said, the only sign I'll give you is the sign of Jonah, a man in the belly of the fish. What was he pointing to? He, said, he was pointing to his own death and, and resurrection. He said, a wicked and perverse generation seeks after signs, but I will show you the sign of Jonah. He says... Paul said again, the Jews request a sign, but the Greeks for wisdom. The Greeks sought after wisdom. They're trying to figure things out through science and philosophy. But verse 23, Paul says, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block into the Greek foolishness. It is foolish to them because they can't figure out how that the thing that caused death, Jesus Christ, a cross, how looking to a cross can bring life. You know, when you go back to the Old Testament, Moses was taking the people, the Israelites, through the desert. And it said that they were grumbling, they were mumbling. God caused some snakes to come out and bite them, some, some vipers. And, and they were dying in the wilderness. And, and they say, Moses, tell us what to do. And Moses told them, well, well, God told Moses to build this, uh, this, 
the serpent and put it on a stick. And when they watch it, when they looked upon it, they will be saved. And of course, that was a shadow of Jesus to come. That when we look to Christ and put our trust on him, that we will be saved. But of course, people looked and said, well, look into a snake. That thing is causing us death. Why would I look to it? And some of them perished because they refused. And so it is today. Jesus is the answer. But people will say, ah, that's just so foolish. A, 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 a savior that's, that's, that's dead on a cross makes no sense. It's foolish. But listen to what Paul says in verse 24. I love this. But, those, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weaknesses of God is stronger than men. What is Paul saying? Listen, when was God at his weakest? When was he at his most foolish point? Listen, it was the cross. The cross, Jesus was on the cross, stretched out, and he was at his weakest. But even at that point, he was stronger than anything that man can do. If you think about it, what is man? When, when man in his religion says, I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to be the best that I can. You know, even Buddha was trying to reach this nirvana and, and be this this. God kind of deal and be a good person. But at the end of his life, he said, you know what? I don't have it, man. Look to Jesus. That's what Buddha said. (laughs) But yet people still exalt Buddha and say, oh, if we can be like Buddha. Buddha said, I don't have it. Don't look to me. Even at Jesus, even at God's weakest point, he was stronger than man's best effort. Even at his most foolish thing, people say, death on a cross, that's foolish. What what, What came out of that cross? Listen, I'm going to heaven. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to heaven because of the foolishness of the cross. I don't have to try to be a good person to make it to heaven. No, Jesus did it. He lived the perfect life. And he says, here's the gift. Do you want it? Oh, thank you. I, I receive it. And I'm going to heaven. And how many millions of people across this world are going to heaven because of the weaknesses of God and the foolishness of the cross is greater than man's strength, greater than man's wisdom. He says in verse 26, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many of you were according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. What is that? Well, Jesus showed up. Uh, he did not go to the kings, and he did not go to the, the, the priests and the affluent people of the world. He came to, to the sinners. He came to the thieves, the tax, the tax collector. He came to the prostitutes. He came to the liars and, 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 and the murderers. Those are the people that Jesus came to. And those are the ones he called. Yes, he calls the, the whole world. But, man, is the people that says, you know what? I know who I am. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. If I'm to die in my sin, I know where I'm going. But you see, for a lot of times, people that, that think that they're the captain of their, their ship, I don't need Jesus. And they often will die in their sin. He says in verse 27, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put the shame, the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. You know, that's my, my life verse, the foolish things. What is the foolish things? Hey, here, here I am. 
I'm the foolish thing of Christ. Why? Because I know who I am. I know who I was before Christ. I would never stand up in front of, this, in front of anyone that's in a crowd more than two people. I know where my background is. I have a degree, but it's not in theology. It's in art. You want me to start drawing for you? Listen, I am the foolish thing. And God would choose me. God would choose people in this church to say, let me take, take you, a, a sinner saved by grace, and send you out into this world and preach the gospel and watch you bring people to the saving knowledge of Christ. What a powerful thing. The foolish thing, the shameful thing, the despised thing. And he says in verse 28, but the base things of this world... And the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are called, uh, but, but in him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories... <laughs> Let him glory in the Lord. You see, no one will be able to stand before God one day and say, I am in heaven because I, da, 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 da. No, I am in heaven because Jesus. So all the glory goes to him. The moment that we can say, I am here because I have given to a church or I have helped an elderly person across the street or I, I have been baptized or I have, listen, you just stripped the, the, the cross of his power. And you're saying that you had it in you to make yourself good enough or qualify yourself to be to heaven. No, the only way that you're going to qualify is through Jesus Christ. Paul says, no other way, man. See, the, the cross of Christ is the answer to all of man's problems. If you're stressed out, you go to the cross. You have marriage problems, you go to the cross. You know, one of the wonderful things when I, I, I do counseling, I, I love the message of the cross. Why? Because no matter what problem you bring to me, I have one answer. The cross. I don't tell you, go and listen to Oprah. I don't, I don't have to tell you, go listen to this book or buy this tape series. No, it's the cross. Man, I, my children, bring them to the cross. My husband is a knucklehead. Bring him to the cross. You know, the Lord will take care of him. All you have to do is duck. Swing, Lord. Listen, the cross is very simple. My life has been changed. I've known people like have been changed. I see Donovan in the back there. Donovan came to this church, and he was ready to throw in the towel. And how the Lord is using him. Listen, the cross. You know, I will close with this, and I want you to get this picture in your head. When Jesus was on the cross, they crucified him, and I believe in a public place where probably the, the major road for Jerusalem was, where the, the, the people were going back and forth to go to the market. And there on that little hill, they, they crucified the Savior. And people were walking by and probably looking at him and scoffing at him. And for some people, they were like, yeah, that was the one that they said he was the king. But look at him. And they, they mocked him. But for some people, they looked at him and said, you know, especially the disciples, I really thought he was going to set up his kingdom. I really thought he was going to do it 
here and now. And it left them with this, this wonder, well, is he going, uh, you know, I thought he was, and how come it's not happening? And when you look at the disciples, man, they went back and they were dis- disturbed. They went and hide because they were afraid. But three days later, something wonderful happened. Listen, the story wasn't finished. The Lord was not done. You see, without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the cross, the message, it means nothing. You see, again, if you go to all or any of the major religions and the major gurus and, and, and their so-called, you know, saviors, they all have a grave that you can go and say, yep, Buddha's there, Muhammad is there, but Jesus' tomb is empty. And because of that fact, we have a hope that we too will be with Jesus Christ in heaven. And, and so because of this, I want you to close with this thought. If you are here and you don't know the power of the cross, if you don't know that your sins are forgiven, if you don't know that when you die and leave this earth, if you are going to face God as a judge or a savior, or, or, or as he, Jesus described himself, the lamb, the one who loves you, the lover of your soul. If you're not sure, understand the Bible makes it very simple. If you believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins, and I, I want to make, make it clear, for your sins, yes, we all are sinners. I'm not here standing and saying, well, you're a sinner and I'm not. Listen, we all have sinned, the Bible said. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In order to get to heaven, you have to be perfect. But if we look at ourselves, and if, especially if you look at the Ten Commandments, you realize that you're a sinner. We all are sinners. And, and because of that, listen, the Bible tells us that Jesus, uh, God sent his son, the Lord Jesus, to die for our sins in your place. And so all you have to do is believe, Lord, you died for me. I accept this gift. I'm turning to you, and, I, and you are going to be the master of my life. And the Bible says just that simple confession and trusting in the Lord, you will be saved. And so I want to close us in prayer. So if you pray with me, Lord Jesus, I thank you that we have this message, this powerful message of the cross. Lord, that when we simply look to the cross and see what you have done for us, that we may be able to know the true and living God. That you died for our sins, you bled, you shed your blood. And Father, I I pray that if there is anyone here that know that they are not right with you, they they know that they they don't have the security in heaven, Lord, that this will be the day, the day of their salvation, that they will say, "I, I surrender. Save me, Lord. And Lord, we know that you will. So I pray for anyone. If if there's anyone here, if you will simply raise your hand, I want to pray with you, giving you that opportunity that you know that you have eternal life with God. Is there anyone, if you simply raise your hand? If you don't know this, listen, Jesus loves you. And he demonstrated his love for you by dying on the cross. There is no greater love. There is no greater demonstration of love. Is there anyone? And so, Father, we thank you again for your word. And, Lord, I pray for each person here. I I pray that everyone is is secure with you. But, 
Lord, for those who are here that still are going through life and are struggling, Lord, help them to see or, or, or even come back to the cross. To see where their sins have been paid for, Lord, but not only that, Lord, through the cross, we are able to live in this life and live victoriously. So, Father, I pray your blessing upon each person. Pray you cover them, Lord, with your love, that they may sense your presence, Lord, and that you just fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit, that, it, you, that they may do what you have called them to do. So, Lord, we love you, and we just ask that you watch over us as we go our separate ways until we meet again. We ask in Jesus' name.